Support for the Couples Council comes from Mercier Wellness and Consulting. Their purpose is to equip you with the right skills for a happy and healthy relationship. Schedule your consultations now. For more information, visit mercierwellness.com. Mercier Wellness and Consulting. Small steps, big changes. This podcast is not a substitute for therapy. Please consult a licensed professional for your mental health needs. Now Now on on with with the the show. show. Hello and welcome to the Couples Council. I am your host, Dr. Jameson Mercier, and we're going to switch gears a little bit. Not much, but it's a tad. In the grand scheme of things, it's actually a small shift amongst a much bigger shift. All right, but that's all I'm going to say for now. Um, we are shifting gears because rather than give you all of this uh, ton of advice and lecture and don't do this, make sure you do that. We're just going to talk for the next couple weeks, next few weeks with some really fun couples. It's one thing for me to tell you what's happening and what to look out for. It's quite another thing to have an experienced couple tell you their story. And so that's what you're in store for today. All right. We are going to hear from a couple who's fun, engaging, entertaining, and uh, the experiences that they've gone through and the lessons that they've taken away from there. We had so much fun recording this episode that we actually went for an hour, almost two hours. Right. So you know what that means. That means that this uh, awesome couple that we're going to be talking with, you're going to hear from them today and next episode. That's right. Make sure you come back and hear the end of the story. All right. So their names are Trina and Sean Rogers. Now, Trina is a colleague and friend of my wife's and Sean is her husband. And so I got acquainted with them through her dean. Isn't that generally how it is? The wives make the friends and then they bring the husbands along. Yeah. However, I can say I do not regret meeting this couple here because, again, they are just very refreshing. They're very honest and raw. They have some programs that they're working on that you want to pay attention to. Okay. Um, You want to listen to how they talk about what they've learned and how it is that they are helping other couples in relationships. So I, I'm not going to blab as I normally do. Um, we're just going to jump in the episode, especially since because we have two parts. So ladies and gentlemen, this is part one of our conversation with Trina and Sean Rogers. Enjoy. So babe, you're joining me for this uh, episode this time i am i'm not on the redefining grief mic right now i'm being your sidekick because we got a special guest you know my people my p2p sisters in the house trina well you know i'm ready i'm ready for it i am excited i'm so excited about what we're going to learn from them in their truth Mm -hmm. um keeping it 100 you know, no Rogers going to keep it one. Mr. Rogers going to keep it 100 okay. as they come in here. And let's talk about couples. Yeah, this this is. Um, so the last few episodes that we've done here on the Couples Council have been a little serious and a little heavy. And this couple 
Now, they seem like a fun couple. They sound like a fun couple. <laughs> I'll let you guys be the judge um, when you hear that conversation and when you hear that story. But um, <clears throat> I'm looking forward to it because it's always good not only to get perspective from the professionals that we've had on the podcast, but also to bring on other couples um, because Herdina and I, while we've had our experiences, we can't have them all. No. And so... Trina and Sean, who are the couple that uh, we're going to be talking with today, have been gracious enough to come on and share their story. I don't know if you had to uh, strong arm Trina or if she volunteered, but either way. I can tell you the truth on that. I saw them in a video in our P2P Slack group, and I was like, ooh, they would be good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, both, she's more like calm and relaxed. And then Sean is going to come in with the funny. I already know it. Okay. No, no pressure. No pressure. Well, guys, welcome to the Couples Council Podcast. How are you guys doing this evening? We are well. Thank you so much for having us. It's our pleasure. Like we said in the uh, beginning, um, anytime we, any chance we get to talk to couples, um, it allows us to be just a little bit nosy, you know? <laughs> Yeah, whenever you get with some couples, you hear that story and you turn and look at your spouse and you're like, ooh, I'm glad we ain't got those problems, <laughs> you know? Or you say, do I do that? Uh-huh. You know what I mean? It makes you do it like an internal, you know how we say we do the love check? Mm-hmm. It makes us do a relationship check. Mm-hmm. But that's the power of actually talking with couples who aren't afraid to tell you, you know, the hard times, right. who are uh, they're they're going to celebrate the good times, the bad, and they're going to share the wisdom that they experience. And what I love about the Rogers is that they are going to tell us how important it is to have steadfast love. Am I saying it correctly? Steadfast love. Steadfast love in the first five years. Now, you know we needed well, them, baby. We needed them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, let's just get to them. Guys, welcome. Give us a give us and the listeners tell us a little bit about who you are where you've been what you're doing and then we'll get into some of this work that you guys are doing i can't wait well hello again um i'm trina rogers and i'm sean rogers and we are the rogers (laughs) (laughs) and we've been married um going on nine years now and Uh, We're really passionate about marriage and making it work and doing the work so that it will work. Mm -hmm. Um, So we've been just working together or going through different trials and tribulations going through, which is key because we're going through it. We're not staying stuck. And in doing so, we want to make sure that other couples have the tools and the resources and the support so that they know that everything is temporary. Mm. You don't always stay in that same place. You will get through it. Something will change. Something will give. And you just need to keep moving forward. Don't get stuck. Yeah, we believe there's a solution. There's always a solution. Uh, but it's you have to sit down and figure out the solution. Right. And, it, and it's together, you got to figure it out. You can't do it separately. Because when you if I have that thought and I'm thinking, I'm, well, I got it. She might not have it or vice versa. So you got to talk it out. One of the biggest things to us is communication. Mm -hmm. If you can't communicate, you are lost. 
Okay, okay. That reminds me of a series we did a few weeks back. We actually spent four weeks, <laughs> right? And, and it still was not enough, Mm-mm. all right? So if right. you guys missed that episode, go back and listen to that and kind of get a foundation. And communication is the kind of thing that a lot of couples will blame as the source of problems in their marriage. And then couples who are able to communicate they, you know, they say, well, we figured out how to talk, but were you guys always good communicating? <laughs> no, absolutely not. And it's so interesting because I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but just from what I hear and just from your um, reaction, um, Jameson, the, for men, communication is so key. And I don't know if it's because women, we can have such sharp and sarcastic tongues and tones at time Mm -hmm. until it's piercing so you guys hone in on communication but from my perspective as a woman woman i believe trust is the foundational um piece i think that's more important than anything else because Mm -hmm. if i trust you of course i'm going to communicate with you appropriately but i think the root issue is trust Okay, now I see, Sean, I see you smiling. I know he yeah. like, I you know, I love my wife, but that smile what? is saying, I don't what? know if I agree. Yeah, what's behind, <laughs> what's behind that smile? I do believe in the trust factor. I do. I truly do. But how do you get trust without communication? Communication to me is where we talking to each other to get to know each other, get to love each other, and then that trust comes into the factor. If I don't communicate how I love you or I trust you, where do you get trust at? So, to me, and I'm not saying she's wrong, and I'm not saying that I'm right, because in all actuality, because I have a big thing when it's facts and opinions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I believe the key to me to build trust is the communication part of it. Yeah, you know what? And like, I'm, I'm glad you said, you know, there's, you know, you don't know if you're right or wrong, and there isn't necessarily a right or wrong. Because somebody else might say, well, we build trust through experiences. Right. All right. Mm. If, I, if I'm in the boat with you and That's the boat good. is shaky, then, and I see that you got me while we're in this shaky situation, I learned to trust you based on what we went through. You know what I mean? So I'm glad you pointed out that there's, there's really a number of ways to talk, to have that trust conversation and to build on that. But you know what? Trina said something earlier, and I always, you said the key thing, the work. You got to be willing to do the work. If you're not willing to do the work, you end up in divorce court, period. Mm -hmm. Period. Right. That work piece is key into having um, a healthy relationship. Mm -hmm. So, that segues to my next question. You guys um, talk about the work. Do you guys mind sharing some of the work that y'all have had to do and put into this relationship? So we've had so much work to do. And so going back to your prior question about our communication. So no, absolutely not. We haven't always communicated effectively or lovingly. Um, We would um, yell, we would, kind of like have standoffs, right? Yeah. Like in the beginning, you know, the first year or two, um, the first 18 months, 18 months. <laughs> 12 months. 
was like, what have I done after we got married? Like, what have I done? Like, why didn't anybody tell me this? No, this isn't supposed to be like this. Joke's on me, right? Because this was a total mistake. Um, but we had to learn that we're two different people coming from two different backgrounds, different experiences. And even we were blessed that our family makeups are kind of similar. They're pretty much the same. The same. So we weren't, um, we didn't have the whole, um, his family is this way and my family is like this. We didn't have those types of experiences, but we were still two different individuals, of course. Mm-hmm. Okay. Could I say something? Sure. If you get two bulldogs together and you put them in a in a ring, they're gonna fight. And that's how we were almost. It was like bulldogs, bulldogs, <laughs> our pet bulls. Mm. We we both was we were similar. We had it, it was funny though. Let let me go back a little bit. When we were dating, we can talk all day long. Mm. Good conversation, yeah. laughing, having fun. We got, I mean, I didn't hear her tone different. When we got married, it seemed like her tone got different. And my listening skills got worse because I would hear a different tone. I would react. Mm. And from being who she is, once I react, oh, she's going to react too. Right, right, right. So there was no standoff. There was nobody, okay, let me back up for a minute. So there was nobody backing up. And and we learned these tools. You know, you got to learn how to fight fair. But we didn't, the first, ooh, we first 12, well, 18 months, we didn't know how to fight fair. So right. let, me, let, let, let me ask you guys this. Was there any uh, premarital counseling in your uh, marriage? Absolutely. Yes. We went through premarital counseling. Um, I talked to my about, pastor. It was like from, we went from October to maybe April or May. It was pretty yeah, long. long. Okay, long nice. So, so what, what happened? So what happened after y'all said I do? I don't know. <laughs> I, think, I think what happened. So, this is what I think happens, honestly, because for one, we had we had a different. We were grown when we got married. We weren't twenty three, twenty seven. Mm-hmm. We were. Um, yeah. I was thirty nine. He was forty five. Forty, maybe. But, but um, key is I was in my thirties. <laughs> And he was on. And um and I was somewhere in my forties. So, so so we were already grown and independent. So we already yeah. had our way of doing things. We already had grown adults. Well, they weren't adults, but they were almost adults, graduating high school or and above. So we already were walking in a certain direction. We already had everything taken care of as far as our little bubble. So now here we get married and we have to merge these two both because we didn't live together prior to marriage or anything like that. So now here we, here we come merging these two homes, these two ideologies, these two life, different lifestyles. And yeah, of course it was great when we were dating because then you were going home and I was doing what I do and it was Mm -hmm. still separate. But now when you merge that into trying to um, get into this oneness, you know, oneness doesn't click just because you say, I do. There's no mm, say that again. You know, like, say that again. And woo, one, oneness no. takes work it's mm. practice, and, and, and it comes and goes. I mean, you could be merging into merging into the lane, something hit you and you way over in the far, far lane again. And, you know, you have to keep on 
um, swerving and curving to meet back up and, and get back to that um, place of oneness. Mm -hmm. So I think that was what we had to just try to keep learning over and over <laughs> again because our communication um, wasn't sucked. a submission. With, yeah, there was no submission. There was, there was no submission. So okay. how do you all define it? As submission? Mm-hmm. <laughs> submission for me, I have no problem with the word submission, honestly. Um, submission means just to get up under a, a purpose. You're up under someone's goal or vision, but a woman doesn't want to be up under someone who has no vision or no goal or no purpose. You don't want to be led to, to nowhere land. You want to be led to a destination, a, a dream destination. You know what I mean? So it's not that that submission is the problem. The problem may be you don't, going back to trust, you don't trust the vision or the purpose or the, the mindset or the goals or the drive or mm -hmm, mm -hmm. of your husband. Mm. So of course you don't want to get up under him. Mm. Let me hear you, Sean. <laughs> well, we didn't have no foundation. We didn't have, we didn't have, we, we, we talked a good game. Mm -hmm. And we learned a lot from a lot of people. But for us, we didn't have no foundation, nothing to stand on. She thought, I mean, it was like, I can out talk her, she can out talk me, or we're not going to believe. It was no trust. There was no communication. It was just, one, let me tell you. We thought because we were walking in the, in, in the likeness of God or whatever, that's all we needed. We didn't pray together. We didn't worship together. Mm. We didn't do anything together. So maybe I cook dinner. She eats. We didn't eat at the same time. We didn't sit at the table at the same time. We didn't discuss bills. Once we, we got married. Yeah. Once we got married, we didn't discuss the bills. When she did come to the bills, and I'm like, why are you coming at me like this? Right. You, you got the money, but then you're taking my money, and I don't have no money. Then we let's talk about submission. A man feels like if I submit, you're taking something from me. Did that make me less than a man? And I had to realize, no, it does not. She love my wife more, and then I can hear her better. But when I was feeling like, no, you're taking something away from me, I could not hear her. I did not listen. I hear her words, but I didn't hear nothing. I didn't listen to anything she was saying. So, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish. No, go ahead. So it sounds. It sounds to me like while you guys wanted to be married, um, there was not a marriage mindset. Mm. Now that I don't know if that's because y'all didn't know or y'all just wasn't there for you know whatever reason. You know, it may even be like you guys say, um, when we're older and we get into these relationships. I mean, if I'm accustomed to living by myself or with myself or whomever, changing and bringing somebody into that system, that's, that's no easy feat. It's one thing if I'm 20 and I, I, I ain't got nothing, then I want you because I, I need you. <laughs> you know, but if I'm already a whole person by myself, you know, and I wonder, if we, I guess I'm asking you to talk a little bit more about that, because when we think of marriage, we often don't think of couples who get married a little older, right? Not saying that you guys are old, but typically marriage is for people in their 20s. That's what they say. Right. That's that's the stereotype. Right. And, and, and so it's almost designed for young 
ignorant kids almost, right? <laughs> who are all goo-goo over their husband or future husband or wife. But for people who've lived a life, if you can talk a little bit about that process, almost like stepping into that. So for me, I knew that. So we went through the premarital counseling. Short, we got married and shortly thereafter, they asked us to become marriage mentors in our, in our church family. So, and we were kind of like, well, why, you know, why? And they knew that we had the heart for marriage and they knew that there was something in us that separated us because everyone who goes through premarital counseling doesn't just automatically become a mentor. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and throughout our dating relationship, people would speak such life into us about the, about the vision that they saw for us until it was kind of like, People would say things and don't take this the wrong, well, take it however you take it. But people would sometimes say, I see you guys like uh, Michelle and Barack. Mm, oh, I yeah. love it. And yeah. I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah. well, what, what does that mean? <laughs> you know, like where, where, tell me some more, you know, where I'm going to be in 2022, 2025, <laughs> yeah. like what, um, so people would say things like that and, and um, speak such life into us until I knew that after we started going through the, the trials and tribulations throughout our marriage, I knew that it was for a greater purpose than just us. Our marriage isn't even about us. While we like and love each other and we laugh and kiki and all of that, our marriage really has nothing to do with us. It has to do with the hand of God and the purpose that he has for our lives and what we can do, what he can show others through us. Mm. So we're just a vessel, really. Right. We're, just, we're just doing what we know we're supposed Those to be do. doing. Mm. So was that kind of what brought you guys around, being reminded of that to help you with um, that true oneness that you guys were uh, seeking? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, I want to go back a little bit. Um, one of the things for me as a man, um, my first marriage, I was judging my first marriage to this marriage. Mm -hmm. So comparing, yeah. comparing. So when she would act a certain way, I'd be like, oh, this is what this person act like. That's what, that's what she used to do. <laughs> and <laughs> that's just I was like, then that's when I was looking, okay, so do I look for a way out? Because I always <laughs> ask, I don't want to be, I don't want to go through that no more. I don't want to be miserable because that first marriage, sorry if I'm putting it out there, I was the most miserable guy you can ever meet. Mm. And, and I mean, I wasn't myself. People will tell you, to, friends from years will tell you, I don't know how you got through that. <laughs> I, I, and it was just, it was all bad. But I kept comparing it and kept comparing it. It kept and it stagnated me. It kept me, it kept me actually away from her and even getting close to God. Mm. And so I couldn't get the oneness. I couldn't get the oneness. Because if I'm not accepting what God has given me in her, how do I get the oneness? You are stuck in your past. Stuck. I mean, stuck. You know how you go on uh, uh, go skiing, you go on that ski lift? Mm -hmm. I kept going around. I did. I never would go down the hill. Couldn't get off. Couldn't get off. 
this is good. So that I'm I'm glad you bring that up. I'm glad you bring that up. Um, Trina, were you aware that that's some of what was happening for him? I was aware. I didn't know the extent of it, but I was aware um, because he shared it with me and he went to his um, former pastor to have like some counseling sessions. And he realized that he had not um, forgiven his ex, his ex-wife. So, and others maybe, but mainly his ex-wife. So he was kind of in, in prison. He had imprisoned himself Mm -hmm. without forgiving someone you're the one now she over there doing whatever she's doing or they're over there doing whatever they're doing <laughs> and I'm but, mad. Now, but now you over here huffing and puffing and uh, getting all kinds of physical conditions mm-hmm. because you have not released that mm-hmm. you haven't released that so i was aware of that but i didn't know um he would say things say things as time progressed of just about um what she would do or how she would it would just like kind of like just like flashbacks type things like okay. things that she had done and i'd be like whoa like and then it was like unbelievable stuff like hmm. mm. so it sounds like it, was traumatic. Thinking, like it was traumatic for you right right for, for him yeah yeah it was traumatic yeah yeah, yeah. 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 what what do you think you were holding on to that that just kept you stuck and you were not able to grieve that relationship so now that you can cling to, cling to your new wife? <laughs> One, you mentioned it earlier, the work that I put in. I thought I put in a lot of work in that first marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I did. I, well, yeah, I you did. did. You did. I did. How, I put how, in a how lot of long- how long was that first marriage, by the way? Uh, five years. Okay. Mm. And she had four girls that wasn't mine. And I put them through high school, put them through college. Uh, I did everything. I taught them how to be, I guess, women or whatever. I was, you know, I was their dad. Until this day, they still call me dad. Mm. So, so I put in a lot of work. and and. Crazy thing, I knew I wasn't supposed to get married. We can't just, just you, you can't yeah. say that and we, we just move just, on. You're no. gonna have to we don't. pump the brakes on that. Put it in reverse. <laughs> okay. Tell me how you knew what who came down and told you <laughs> who that you didn't listen to. Listen here. My me and my grandmother is like me and my mother. Me, me and my mother and grandmother are like bonded. My grandmother didn't even come to this that first wedding. Oh boy. Everybody in my family <laughs> told me, why are you doing this? We went, I went with her to one of my favorite cousins, and my cousin met her, like, hey, played it off. We got in the kitchen. She's like, Are you high or something wrong with you? This is not God. This is not what you're supposed to be doing right now. Mm. And so I knew. I knew I wasn't, like I said, I already knew it was, it was this in death. When I walked, when she walked up, walking up down the aisle, I hit the pastor and I said, is it too late? Wow. But I felt that I owed her to her and we 
got married. And it, like I said, and, and if the kids hear it, I love them. They know I love them. But that was the hardest five years I had ever done in my life. Okay. Now, so let me just kind of like put you on the couch a little bit. Okay. Now. He's <laughs> um, sitting back on the couch, baby. That's good. That's good. Now, man to man, right? When we make a decision, even if after the fact, we realize that it may not be the best or someone tells us, yo, maybe you shouldn't do that. There's something in a lot of men that we want to prove them wrong or we want to convince them. And that's truly what it was. I had to prove to people I can make this work. I can make, I can make sense out of this. Mm. You know, uh, and, and, and the four girls was like, that was like, uh, what is that, a challenge? It was like, because their dads wasn't around. And I wanted to show I can be that dad. I can do it right. And, mm. and just show them. And, and, and I was compassionate for it because I, I, I love, one thing you'll learn about me, I love people. I love to help. I'm, I have been stabbed in the back, all that, because I'm going to help you. I don't care who you are. If I don't care what you look like, I'm going to help you. So I felt that I, because my mom and everybody else was against me, I had to show I can, I can do this. Mm -hmm. I had to do this. Yeah. Now I have to ask <laughs> the day you had the awakening that this was the wrong decision and you still, you, you said you had it at the altar, but when you said, Oh God, well, they might be right. Well, he could he could correct me if I'm wrong, but what I'm willing to bet happened is he started he these doubts were building up and they uh, were he was having proof after proof after proof that it just wasn't working. I mean, let me know if I'm wrong. It, it wasn't suddenly he woke up one day and realized I shouldn't be doing this. Two parts, you're right. It was <laughs> <laughs> It was, it was building up, building up. I kept talking to my mom. Actually, I started talking to my uh, pastor a little bit. Uh, but um, other part was I was working two jobs. I was doing almost 16, 18 hours a day. And I came home and pulled up. And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was crazy because what what happened is for about two weeks straight, I would come home and I would just park my car in front of the garage, drink a beer, have Burger Kings, and sit there yep. till they go. Everybody I know, everybody was asleep. Yep. Oh, oh yeah. And then I go in the house, and then I wake up at five in the morning before get, they get up. Before they get up, and I'm I'm gone. And, yep. and, and, but the, <laughs> I won't say the Lord, but it worked <laughs> out. She wanted to move back to Oklahoma and I was not going back. I wasn't moving to no Oklahoma. So On she did out. him his out, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So do you think if she didn't give you your, that out, you would still be there? <laughs> mm. I will hope not. 
<laughs> but listen, bro, hope is not a plan. Mm. Right. Hope is not a plan, man. He says it all the time, and I and love when he says it. Hope is not a plan, honey. Not, um, somewhere I would have woke up because, like I said, I, I, I'm not a drinker. But like I said, I start drinking and doing things that I normally don't do. Mm-hmm. And then my attitude and everything started changing. I was bitter, starting to get mad. Uh, like I said, my mom is like, was my world. And I couldn't even listen to her. And me not listening to her, it was like, oh no, I can't. And that that came back to my marriage. That's why I couldn't, she would try to tell me something. I'm not listening to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it didn't even register. You just know you wasn't going to hear it no matter what. No matter what. Because I know what I can do. And then she go back to the trust. Trust me too. And I, and I didn't feel that at that time. So I will react. Like like I said, she would say stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was crazy because we went to our counselors and we were talking about our mentors. And I said, well, I have a problem with how she talks to me. And I, I, and I get mad. And then, so she was talking. And I'm like, see? And then the, both of them was like, I didn't hear nothing. <laughs> Y'all can see his face. Oh my God. I love it. Man, listen, I get it. I get it. You know, the thing about trust, you know, we talk about, you say you couldn't trust her. It's not that the people talking to you are not trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it's, it's us. It's, it's the person doing the hearing. Right. You know, we got to get to a place where we can see it. Yeah. Right. Right. And I think that's key. You have to be able to see it. You have to be able to witness it mm-hmm. being walked out or being performed or whatever it is. You have to see it. You have yeah. to really be able to, has to become tangible to you. So you had a lot of patience with him, Trina. Let me just bring you in here because now that I've gotten some of the details, it sounds like. But you know, there's always sound, two sides to well, a story. Well, yeah, but mm-hmm. it sound like, sounds like. Ardeen, I was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> No, it sounds like you really, like you could have left. You didn't have to stick around for this guy who was, he was behaving this way, but for whatever reason you did. Yeah. I, you know, like I said, just going back to me knowing that me knowing, not like thinking, but knowing that our marriage is for a greater purpose. I know that he was willing to do the work. There's one thing that everyone that I met, that everyone that knew him that I met and they found out that I was dating him, we were courting, they would always say, that's a good guy. He's a good guy. Every single person, that's a good guy. He's a good guy. And like, that's something you don't really hear. Like, that's a good guy. He's a, you got a good man. You got a good man. So that just always made me think, even if things were going wrong, that would be the response that they would give, give me. And I think that as time progressed, I knew just from his story with his ex-wife, I'm, if he put up with all that, like I, I'm not doing even one percent of that stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm good to go. What's the problem? <laughs> you did all. So I knew that he was willing to um, do the work with me, and through our marriage, we've had just out the gate, even before we got married, death started hitting us. Like his, 
his um stepdad. his stepdad died in January of the year we got married. His his dad died in um April, April. the year we got married. So his dad wasn't didn't make it to the wedding. And they were they had just kind of like rekindled or mm-hmm. um their relationship, um, reconciled their relationship. So that was like a big thing his dad being at the wedding and them joking around because his dad was planning to get married too um uh, to this woman in may just before we got married right <laughs> so his dad was going to be getting married in may but he passed uh, he yeah. had an untimely death in april, april. um wow. so that hit hit him so and remember i was supposed he was gonna be i was gonna be his best man and he was gonna be in my wedding so mm. Right. A lot of stuff happening. So then come October, my cousin died. One of my close cousins died and his uncle died. Yeah. Then comes our wedding in November. And then just it just kept coming. Like I think maybe 2016 might have been the only year that we haven't had deaths. And I'm talking deaths like people die, but I'm talking like deaths like my godson, his mom, his grandmother. Close people. Close death. Yeah. Yeah. So I think 2016 might have been the only yeah. only year. Oh and then um, I remember we were getting ready to go. Uh, our our um, we got married the Saturday after Thanksgiving. So Thanksgiving is always our is our time. We like it to be our time. Our family <laughs> does not like <laughs> our time, but um, that's always our anniversary, right? So we were planning to go to. Cabo in 2014 and in November of course and in October his mom was diagnosed with cancer just like boom just like out of nowhere out of like she has cancer so we canceled the trip of course because it was progressive can it was like the doctor was like oh there was no real like surgery or nothing that could could be really done according mm-hmm. to the doctor right mm-hmm. so fast forward January she passed. January 2015. Now this is like someone who was like working with this, laughing with this, like that was up and alive as far as what we could see on the outside. Um, so when his mom passed, that was just like you know, just like a dagger to the heart. Like how does that happen? How does this keep happening to us? Like death after death after death. It was just like. <laughs> <laughs> Just thinking about it is like crazy to me. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. No, I get that sense. And that definitely takes a toll Mm -hmm. on the marriage, on you individually. And there's... Yeah. So, So we really never had, even though it seems like we were not communicating and we were bickering and all this stuff, we really never really had time to like really just be because there was always something going on yeah. if it wasn't death it was a, a, a the child a kid or or this or someone needing our help or so we were always in ministry mode mm-hmm. always and not with each other always in ministry so we were just like busy busy busy, busy. all the busy. time mm-hmm. until so the we, point we it, can it, hide it very well oh yeah mm. oh yeah oh yeah being busy is a great mask it's a great cover-up for a lot of yeah. issues mm-hmm. and it being busy doesn't allow the opportunity to sit still because it is in the sitting still you really have to face oh shoot when's the last time i sat with trina 
Right. Oh, shoot. When's the last time I had an honest heart to heart love check in with her? How is she really doing? How are we really, really doing? And so that's where the communication piece, the busy became the mask of that you all were hurting. Yeah. Right, right. Because we actually went to counseling in, um, after we came from his grandmother's funeral, she died in 2018, the top of 2018. Um, We came back and we went to counseling for the remainder of 2018 for about maybe nine months. And the counselor told us, she said, well, she said, basically, we just have a communication problem. <laughs> we, we got a communication problem. That's the only thing that's going on. Um, but she said one key thing was that why are we, when we're in the house, why aren't we in the same room? Because I would be upstairs in the loft area on the computer or watching whatever I watch, and he would be downstairs watching whatever he watches. And she was like, no, you should be in the same room. Can't you be on the computer downstairs? Can't you, like, in not saying that we can't have it our own time to ourselves or watch a show or two that the other one doesn't want to watch. But she said that creates intimacy. You always want to be right next to your husband or within reach of your husband or wife, because that's how you um, create intimacy and oneness. You don't want to be in, cause I told her, I said, I feel like I'm alone. I'm, I'm alone in marriage. I don't want to be lonely or, or alone in marriage and <laughs> no right because i felt i mean i felt the same way right because he would say stuff like why am i here why am i yeah, here why am I that's here? what he would say why am i yeah, here I, I, I feel like a roommate and i'd I be feel like, like a roommate. well why are you here yeah. you know and that's how we kind of uh, would yeah treat one another um during different times but we've had we've been so blessed to have even though we had the deaths back to back to back, we had a, a we're sitting in a brand new um, house built from from the ground up through it all. We've traveled to so many places that we never would have even like nice. it wasn't a plan ten years ago or twenty years ago. But we've just been to these places. You know, our son graduated from HBCU in 2015, so we've been blessed beyond measure. Right, mm-hmm. but in that. We've also had these struggles and these situations we had to work through. Yeah. And I think and the, the counselor really, really helped us with that oh, as counselor. far as our as far as our communication, as far as us spending time with one another, not being so independent, because we're also um only children. So okay. it's very really? easy for us to be yeah. yes. Both of you so are I have, brothers, <laughs> I have brothers and sisters, but from my dad, from my mom, I'm the only child. So and I have a brother, but I wasn't raised with him, so I'm the so I'm the only child from my mom so and dad. So fine. it's very easy so for we us to, to be do things by, by ourselves. ourselves. It oh. is no problem. No problem. <laughs> Easily, I can play with the blocks by myself. You don't have to help me build nothing because I can build it myself. Yeah. But let me, because you guys said keep it real, and I love to keep it one hundred. The counseling was the key. Mm-hmm. That's where I was going. Yeah, it was definitely the key. Listen, we have great mentors. We have great pastors. And, and and they can, I mean, they have put life in us, but that counseling 
was like the nail that God said, okay, listen, if you guys don't get this right and you know that you guys are meant for each other, then something, and it, I take it in depth. So you're not believing it. You talk about trust. So God was like, so you don't trust in me. Because mm. mm. we were like, I can, one of our key things is don't see the back door. Don't try to run out that back door. Mm. But we were getting to the point where we can see the back door. Mm-hmm. And God was like, so we kept asking each other, why are we in this? Why are we in this? And then God kept trying to tell us, are you not trusting me? And then, like I said, the key was that counselor. When that counselor, and we tell people, pray, pray, pray. Mm-hmm. But when that counselor really said, sit down and pray with each other, mm-hmm. or say our three things or four things that you like about each other. Mm-hmm. When we start implementing that in our lives and put, making sure uh, uh, we're praying together every day. Then it was like I can see now God in the in in our relationship. When we were going to church and and like I said, praising God and everything, thinking we're doing, I did not see God in our relationship, yeah. and, and 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 we could not, like I said, the trust, the communication, whatever it was, it was not there. Yeah. When we both start just trusting and 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 what's in front of us first then it just became so easy to believe in everything that, because my wife is a, a dynamic. And I always told her when I met her, I know I will be a millionaire. Nice. Nice. But like she said, I didn't trust it. Yeah. Because of the past hurt. Mm, yeah, you, you, were mar- on the nail. You, you were married, but not together. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And those are the things we had to work through because every time I wanted to be together, mm-hmm. if there was such resistance from him until he just didn't understand, then I just want to be with you because you're my husband. Mm-hmm. Like if I would say, um, hey, babe, um, what you doing? <laughs> this is a good one. <laughs> babe, what you doing on um, Saturday? What you got planned for Saturday? Why you asking? Why? What's up? Why? What's up? Like what? I listen, man. I I get it, man. Trina, I apologize to you for him. Listen, women, I apologize to all women everywhere on behalf of my gender because we got problems. Man. We got we got problems. And, and, and like I could be sitting next to you, Trina. You know, I could be sitting where you sitting right there, Sean. We we listen. I ain't talking about women because they got their own stuff. But as as men, uh-huh. we we just got problems. <laughs> man, oh, y'all need y'all mm. definitely need to talk off air and talk about y'all man for this we, stuff. We okay? got problems. And, 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 listen. <laughs> <laughs> that is real as it gets. Cause I think, hey, I think I'm the the baddest dude on this. I don't have no problems. Man, when man. I, I, when I start self checking myself, see that's just I'll be like, dude, yeah, something yeah. is wrong with you. Yeah, and, and that's just a, that's just the thing, right? As soon as you step out your house, you fresh, you fly. Nobody know nothing. I'm popping, popping collars and everything. Man. <laughs> So, but oh my God, it's so good to laugh at ourselves. Underneath all that, we just we we are messed up. And so, 
As you can tell, we was just having a little bit too much fun. Maybe that's why we kind of got carried away. I don't know. You just let me know. Um, but either way, you're going to have to come back and listen to the rest of their story. Um, please come back and listen to the rest of their story. There's nothing, there's nothing like um, just almost being like a fly on the wall and realizing that you're not the only one. Okay, listen, I know I'm not the only one. And those of you listening, I for sure know somebody who's who could easily have been in in this episode guys thank you so much thank you for listening to this episode continue to follow us here like i told you there's some shifts happening there's some transitions happening here and i want you all to be a part of it all right reach out to me on dr jameson mercier on instagram come to the website mercierwellness.com um leave a review reach out to trina and her husband let them know you heard them on this show but make sure you come back with the second one all right because you do not i repeat you do not want to miss the finale of their episode thank you for having joined me this time for this episode um i appreciate it i love you guys for it thank you for sharing downloading the episodes and i look forward to having you next time for another episode of the Couples Council. Bye now. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to our mom and dad. If you like them as much as we do, then click subscribe and leave a comment. But now they have to go because it's family time. So go practice what you heard, and we'll catch you on the next episode.